This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Red Valley is intended for mature audiences and contains scenes some listeners may find distressing. Please go to redvalleypod.com for full content warnings on every episode. Do you want to continue? Personal log. It's um, something like 2am. And I'm driving George the Farmer's massive Land Rover in the middle of nowhere. Oh, God, I've never driven one of these before. So uh, I'm in this terrifying end-of-the-world farmhouse with this terrifying end-of-the-world farmer, George, and his delightful wife, Betty. She gives me the keys after making lots of strange comments about me and Warren getting back to nature and that the Bothy is a lovely place where men can be men and we can be true to ourselves and no one will disturb us. And when I get back, the car is gone. Warren is gone. No note, no signal on our phones. I can only assume he's going to Red Valley somehow because he has no idea where it is. I have no idea what is going on. Where am I? George and Betty. I had no idea what to tell these people, so I told them we'd had a lover's tiff and begged them to let me borrow their car. Betty winked at me and gave me the key to this dinosaur car, and as I'm leaving, I can hear George from inside shout, I wish I knew how to quit you! Man, where the hell is this place? Okay, I'm here. I found the golden bullet. She's fine. But there's no one there. I left the Land Rover and now I'm walking down a path which had a couple of modernish signposts and this has to be it. It is so dark. It could be 10 feet in front of me. What am I doing? I've got my dictaphone in one hand and my phone torch in the other and this is so fucking stupid. 
Oh, fuck. There he is. And, well, there's the base. Or is it the farmhouse? Oh, shit, shit, shit. How could I not see it? Where's the mountain? God, it's so fucking dark. He's just staring at it. He's just staring at it with his back to me. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh. Oh, Warren! Warren, are you okay? I'm here, Gordon. Yeah, yeah, um, look, this is really freaking me out, so could you please turn around? Unless, well, well, unless you haven't got a face or you've turned into a little Japanese girl or something. I have a face, Gordon. You can lower your torch. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, sorry. Thank you. You took my car. I'm sorry. I just... I don't know what's happening. I, I had to come here. Well, how did you know how to get here? I don't know. Please don't be mad. Fine. Thank you. I had to pretend we were a couple to get George and Betty to lend me their car. Okay. You can explain it when we're back. That's fine. So this is it? Yeah. It's the mountain there. I, I can't see anything. It's like the bottom of the ocean. It's right there. Just turn your torch off and wait for a minute. You'll see it. I'll take your word for it. I thought you'd be thrilled. Standing in the shadow of the mighty Bullberg. Well, there aren't any shadows because it's three in the morning and I'm freezing my balls off. I thought you said the air out here was amazing. Amazingly fucking cold. So have you seen enough? Can we come back in the morning? No. Oh, come on. I lost you there. You have to slow down. There's a door here. Right. Well, shall we... Ow! Why would you kick the door? Well, it's locked, isn't it? Well, have you tried it? No. You see? It's open. Which is totally normal. A secret, unmarked base in the middle of nowhere in the dead of night and the door's just totally open. Excellent. Thank you. Warren, do you think this is entirely the right thing to do? I mean, this just feels like a stupid dream where you make choices you would never make in real life. Nobody chooses to go in this door apart from those idiots from the Blair Witch Project. Is there a particular reason why you're trying to stop me doing this? Yeah! I'm shitting myself and I want to go home. Do you have anything you want to tell me, Gordon? What do you mean? Warren! Stop being so bloody dramatic! Stupid Blair Witch wanker. colder in here than it is outside. Smells like my old school. I don't think anyone's here. It looks like no one's been here in a long time. Cold coffee. Still smells fresh. Or well, maybe they have. 
Warren, what is it you expect to find here? What is going on? You tell me. What? You helped design this place, right? You know it. The project was killed. We never finished it. And I wasn't on architecture. I was on the seed archiving system, which never happened. Really? Warren, what are you trying to say? How did I know how to get here tonight? What are you talking about? You were the only person who could have cancelled that prison visit. You were the only one who knew about it. <laughs> you think I stopped us visiting your mate or whoever who I don't know anything about? W Warren, you took my car and came here in the middle of the night. And yet you still found your way here. Oh, fuck this. Give me my keys. No. Give me the fucking... Oh, 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 Come on. I am meant to say, I know that laugh. And then the curtain rolls back and it's Jabba the Hutt. Yacha Solo, Wookie. I love this thing. Uh, seriously, can I have my keys back now? Right, enough thinking about. Follow the corridor to the end of the fire exit, push the door and then come downstairs, please. Last chance, mate. Anything you want to tell me? I'm telling you, we need to turn around and drive as far away from this place as possible. Warren, please stop walking away like that. Please. This is too weird now. I, I don't like it. I'm sick of this London dungeon shit. seem surprised to see me. I guess... No, I, I suppose I'm not. Bit of a lousy welcome, I know. We just weren't expecting you here in the middle of the bloody night. That's all. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, it was hard enough getting here ahead of you in the first place, but if you're going to indulge these flights of spontaneous fancy, you know, you're here. You made it all by yourself. Uh, he's not by himself. Whoa! How long have you been standing there? I... We came together? Well, I mean, he came here. I, I, I just followed. Well, I'm sure that was meant to be sweet and not creepy at all. Anyway, this cake got a bit squished in the helicopter, but it's still good. Do you want some? No, thank you. No, no, I actually want that thinking. You should probably be nailed by mouth from now anyway. I mean, this is the only thing keeping me awake, really. So, if you found us on your own, it must all be clicking into place, hmm? Mm, well, your vacant expression isn't filling me with much hope, Warren. I've been here before. Hey, please tell me you've got a bit more in place than uh, that. Warren, why don't we just... Let's go back to the car Shut and we can just... Shut the fuck up and stay where you are, you little Dungeons and Dragons. Little fucker, I told you, I told you. Stay out of this and leave him alone. And here you are. Now I have to find the considerable energy to murder you and make it look like an elaborate suicide. And I haven't had nearly enough sleep or cheesecake to do that. It's the middle of the fucking night and I don't appreciate it, Graham. Gordon. Fuck off. Look, I'm not 100% up to date here. I haven't been keeping up with the bugs for the last couple of days. The and bugs? The, the bugs, your bugs. 
the bugs, your phone, your car, your house, your clothes, your bugs. Look at you, you're going full rain man. Bryony, Bryony, can you come up here please? I need your help. Bryony? Wait, Bryony Halbeck, she's here now. She's the one with the keys, so yeah, she had to come. Clive, you can see how much there is to do. I asked you not Karen? to- Karen? What? What's this? No, I know you said it looked unappetizing after I sat on it, but I swear it's so good. You have to try some. Oh, Warren's here. Karen, what are you doing here? Wait, Karen? Clive, what the hell were you Karen, look at me. We had a strategy, a sensitive approach. It was essential. Why on earth would you abandon that plan? Karen! Hi, Warren. Wait, this is Bryony Halbeck. Bryony, I got the impression he was going to be a bit more clued in to what was happening here. Look at him, he's going into standby mode right in front of you. Surprised the little red light hasn't started flashing on his face. Warren, listen to me. You're in the right place. You're supposed to be here. There's too much brain or fisting on your part, I think. Warren, we need to get the fuck out of here right now. Right, I wasn't kidding, man. I'll stab you in the fucking eye with this fork. Now, that is a really elaborate suicide, but I reckon I can do it. Warren, look at me. Oh. Guys, help a little one, please. How many people are here? Warren, you're the first man ever to have survived cryonic preservation. Congratulations! And tonight, you'll be the first man to go in twice. Clive, we had a plan. Alright guys, if you could just take him downstairs for a bit and call us if his brain starts running out of his ears or whatever. Warren, hey, hey Warren, you don't have to go with them. W Warren, what, what, where are they taking him? Now it looks like we won't be sleeping for a bit, so I'm gonna take some uppers, get in the mood. Either of you guys want anything? You are a clown, Shill. Hey, we only do what we can live with, right? Ain't that right, Warren? <laughs> you can sit there. Right. You can stop looking at me like that. No one's going to hurt you. Oh, Clive did literally just say he was going to kill me. Twice. Clive's a difficult one. Rather thinks he's top bollock. The sharp end of the sword. He's actually the, um, shovel bit of the shovel. If it makes you feel better, he threatens to kill people all the time. Very rarely follows through. Great. What's going on? Clive is going to begin the debrief process for Warren. I speak to Clive through a bug in his ear and you get to watch through the glass. Is that the right thing to do? Putting Warren with him? It's less than ideal, but we're rather thin on the ground here and I've just been pretending to be his wife for half a year, which might compromise the process somewhat. Oh God, this is so fucked up. Quiet now. Okay, Clive, you can start. You can sit there. I told you, you were the next big thing. Oh, come on. Don't be modest. Do you know how many people have sat where you're sitting? Not a one. You are the only person that's ever survived the thawing process. The only person that has ever continued. That's what I want to call it. Continue. I want it on billboards. Do you want to continue? Make it a bit more, you know, sci-fi. Maybe spell it with a K or something. You're the start of it all. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't remember anything Look, like that. Think of it as like, you're just like Captain America. Now you have the magic DNA that worked with our product, which kept you alive while you were frozen. 
you just don't have any of the added benefits of being super strong or in any way good looking or charming or having anything else remotely special about you whatsoever. So, you know, Captain America, but shit. Captain shit. I'd like to speak to my wife, please. She's not your wife. She's the lead of this operation. We couldn't let you back out into the world without a handler, and, well, it was her or me. And I think we're all glad it wasn't me. She's watching all this right now, actually, just through the mirror behind me. I'd like to speak to her, please. Nope. Could I speak to her? No way. Karen! Her name is Bryony. Why did you go home to Gravesend? Of all the places in the world. You've been watching me. All the time. All the time. Constant, boring, relentless, watching, listening. Why did you go home? I felt like... Well, like what? I really want to speak to my wife, please. Yeah, not your wife. Why didn't you tell Karen, who isn't your wife and isn't called Karen, that you were going all that way? Did you not want her to know? I just wanted to go home. Wait, what's he doing? He has a prepared approach, it's fine. Look, do you have to do this now? Look at him. You're blowing my mind, so God knows what you're doing to him. I'm not asking for feedback, Mr. Porlock. What gave you the idea of Overhead developing this product for use in mass incarceration? That was a bit of a leap from Sonic the Hedgehog, wasn't it? I don't know. Are you being deliberately obtuse with me, Warren? I think it's reasonable that all this might be considered a lot to take in. Yeah, yeah. It's been quite a day, hasn't it, Warren? Would you like tea? I would actually love that, thank you. What gave you the idea of Overhead developing this product for use in mass incarceration? I don't know. I've been drinking. Calm down, George Best. You'd had two beers. Why did you ditch Porlock and come here on your own? How did you find us? Hey! Cuck Rogers! Is he actually going to give him some tea? No. Shall I make some? Sit down and be quiet. Okay, you're going to start telling me what I'd like to know, or I'll do nasty things. I'll tie Porlock to the back of his shit heap car, put a brick on the accelerator, and let it off into the mountains until there's nothing left but a stump. Nothing personal. I'll slide one of those old mercury thermometers down his dick hole, and I'll snap off the glass. Jesus, Clive, less of the bad cop, maybe? You know the reason you haven't been able to get it up is down to us, right? Clive. It's the medication. It's not a side effect. One of those pills is literally just to kill your boner. Couldn't have you trying to shag your handler, could we? So we neutered you like a dog. We've got whole tapes of you crying about it. You're crying, you're apologising, begging. What the fuck kind of interview is this? Clive, that's enough. You know, Bryony and I have known each other for a long time. We were never together. I'm a married man. But I do know other guys in the company who have, you know, with her. She is apparently amazing. Shut the fuck up! Oh, come on, Bryony. Is this guy anything like the one that went in? That's enough. Take a break and get him some fucking tea. What is the point of being able to put someone into hypersleep if they have a personality transplant when we wake them up? What if they all come out like forest fucking... Oh, for God's sake! Just separate them and take Warren for a lie down, please. There's no need for that.
Well, what do you think of the place? No sugar, I'm afraid. Thanks. So, what are we going to do with you? Well, if there's a choice, I don't really need the thermometer going up We my... got you straight out of university, didn't we? Um, yes. So, 13 years then. Shuffled from one windowless basement office to another, carrying out, it must be said, outstandingly unremarkable work. Right. We call your type still waters. You don't rock the boat through underperformance. You never draw attention through any particular deeds of great merit. You never build lasting relationships with colleagues or superiors, and you seem best avoided, thanks to your rangy eyes, sweaty pallor, and thoroughly asymmetrical face. Such reliable mediocrity is undoubtedly why you were chosen to help design a fictitious seed vault here at Red Valley. Overhead do this a lot. Smokescreen projects to secure investment and resources, camouflaging a different objective. And now you know all about ours. Are you going to kill me? I don't want to kill anyone, Gordon. We were wrong about you, weren't we? You're not a still water at all. All this time you've been digging away like a sweaty little gumshoe detective, learning more about this facility than almost anyone alive. Your dedication to finding out what truly happens here borders on the obsessive. Frankly, I think this reveals less of a desperate search for truth or justice and more of a genuine passion for what we do here. Oh, I'm trying to expose what you're doing here. Playing with people's lives, meddling with things that... well, that you shouldn't be. You can wheedle out as many mad scientist clichés as you like, but I think we should both stop pretending. The deeper you dig, the more fascinated you become. You're not outraged or disgusted. You're enthralled by our work of what it could mean. You don't know anything about me. I've heard every conversation you've had with Warren. You're not put off by the macabre, the gory, the violent, like he is. When you talk about it, you sound feverish. I'm not saying you're a bad person, Gordon. I'm not saying you want people to suffer. No one here wants anyone to suffer. Well, except Clive. So what are you saying? As you can imagine, it's incredibly hard to find and maintain staff for a project like this. Are you offering me a job? I can't be here as much as I would like. Clive isn't here any more than I would want, and our handful of assistants are inconsistent and too regularly rotated. Red Valley is old and in constant need of upkeep. If it falls into genuine disrepair, then it compromises the work. That's the truth of it. You want me to be the caretaker? Of your underground experimental cryonic laboratory. In return, I give you access to everything. Every record, every file, every video, every tape. Not just my work. Red Valley has been used for many things for many years and I want it documented. Someone like Clive would happily burn everything as we go to keep his nose clean. I disagree. I have no shame in the work I do and I think if you want to get full marks you need to show you're working. You're an archivist, Gordon. It is your singular vocation. Archive Red Valley for me. There is another more altruistic aspect to the role. Warren is your friend, is he not? Your only friend, perhaps. He's going back into hypersleep tonight. 
It would be beneficial, particularly in light of the behaviour you just saw, if there was someone here who had his back. Sounds like something his wife should do. The choice, such as it is, is entirely yours, Mr. Porlock, but I'd advise you that the alternative would place you into the care of Clive Schill, which will almost certainly involve a blunt object and the sudden and permanent misplacing of your cognitive functions. A thermometer up the willy would be the least of your problems. Drink your tea. Mull it over. Take your time. Right. Actually, forget that. Decide now or you might be dead before your drink's cold. Right, you calm down now. We had a carefully considered question and answer process crafted specifically to avoid exactly the kind of behaviours that might put Warren or anybody else at risk. Right, firstly, you lost your righteous indignation privileges when you pretended to be his spouse for nine months, so wind your neck in. And secondly, you've got a tissue. Oh, there's a pint of blood on this one. I was trying to establish who we were dealing with. The Warren Gobby we brought into this programme, or the one you've been house training all year. And it worked, didn't it? He's still a dangerous cretin. Oh, it worked perfectly, Clive. Hey, did you bring in another face with you? Because most of yours has been sprayed down your shirt. Bryony, this is good. He's the same guy underneath, and we didn't need 40 years of clinical cross-examination to work it out. Did you ever consider that it might not be the end of the world for a subject's mental health to actually improve after the treatment, rather than openly encouraging him to headbutt you? He didn't headbutt me. He fell into my face. So, he's a violent thug when it suits your argument, and just unsteady on his feet when it damages your pride. Why are you still here? Oh, I, Fuck um... off, Hufflepuff. Why is he still here? Gordon was just deciding whether or not he wants to accept a posting here at Red Valley. Jesus, you want all this taken seriously and you want to bring him on board? Fantastic twats are where to find them. Oh. What did you mean by Cuck Rogers? What? Cuck Rogers. Buck Rogers. Like the TV show, he got sent into the future with his little robot... Bitty, 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 bitty. But what is a cuck, though? I thought you were an internet nerd. You can't even do that right. Uh, well, no, 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 no. I'll look it up. Isn't it terribly important? Right, here we go. Cuck from Cuckold. Weak or servile man, unmanly and inadequate. Dominated by his wife. Oh, right. Yeah. So you see how good an insult that actually was. Like, the more I think about it, the better it gets. And it just came to me, like that. It wasn't that good. No, only because you didn't understand well, it. You're the one who had to Google it. You know I've got that thermometer in my pocket, right? Gordon, I know it's probably easy to see a good cop, bad cop situation in front of you right now. Not really. But I'm afraid Clive and I are on the same page about this sort of thing. The choice is, essentially, come on board, or he'll push you out of a helicopter. And I'll be holding the door open for him. Right. Um... Well, I need my staff. We've boxed uh, up your flat this afternoon. I can call them now and bring anything that's absolutely necessary. Oh, and I should tell... someone. Yeah, I'm sure your Game of Thrones subreddit will get over the loss in time. <laughs> you keep talking about Warren before all this, like he was a different person. Like I said, Gordon, you'll have access to everything. Oh, hey! Clive didn't kill you and eat you. No, not yet. Are you... What is all this? Are you okay? So, they set me up in this very comfy bed that looks older than I am and hooked me up to all this monitoring and stuff. They were very nice about it. You seem pretty upbeat. Well, if I press this button here, I get morphine, so that's okay. I think they want to keep me calm because there's a chance I might be a violent criminal. Yeah. 
What did I do to Clive? My face was wet afterwards. Oh, you bust his nose. Mm. But don't feel bad. He's, um, well, he's awful, isn't he? I've never headbutted anyone before. Or maybe I have. Maybe I'm the king of headbutts. It really hurt, though. There must be a better technique to it. Yeah, probably. So they're not letting you, you know, chip off home, then? Uh, no. It's either work for them in perpetuity or a grisly murder. So you work for them now? Well, we always work for them. Besides, it's a lovely place to work. Wonderful team spirit. How are you doing, Warren? Well, uh, my recent life as I know it seems to have been entirely made up. My wife is actually Dr. Frankenstein and I am the monster. And the guy in charge is a psychopath who places human life at a lower priority than cake. Mary Berry's Frankenstein. <laughs> that's, not, that's not bad. Mary Berry. Yeah. Well, she, um, well, Dr. Halbeck, well, she said you consented to be part of a cohort taken from a prison in Norfolk last year. Right. Do you think that was you that Aubrey Wood was talking about on that tape? I don't know. It made me want to come here, and I just knew the way. I don't know anything about Aubrey Wood that hasn't been on your tapes. You didn't make the final selection that ended up being Teddy Bear's picnic, but eventually they came back for you. They did more gene testing on you and some others. You were the only survivor of the treatment, <laughs> obviously. You were in successful hypersleep for a month. A month? This all seems like a lot of hassle for a month. I think they were expecting you to be pretty much a vegetable when you came out, so when it seemed that you'd undergone nothing more than some personality tweaks and memory loss. Oh, you know, just the minor stuff. Well, it is, considering you should have been dead. When you did better than they ever thought you would, she, Halbeck, wanted to study you as much as possible. It was her idea to put you back in the world and she stayed close enough to observe everything. And she didn't feel like she should be the one catching me up on all this crucial exposition? They're putting you back into hypersleep tonight. I don't know if they expect you to remember any of this when you come back out, or if... Or if I'll even be the same person. Right. Or a parsnip. Well, ideally not. I think I need some more morphine. I wish I could help you. And I could take you out of here. I had to convince them to let me even talk to you. That I could... No, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I brought you into any of this. You should never have been here tonight. Well, I did follow you, to be fair. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, that is your fault, really. We could try. We could try and make a run for it. No, no. I want to do this. You do? I just found out that I'm not really who I thought I was and that I was in prison for doing something presumably not great. I come from a long line of people who did some not great things. My father was a man who, if it turns out that I am like, if I've done- It's probably just tax evasion, or you didn't pay your TV license or something. They're, they're fierce on things like that these days. Yeah. And hey, you spent the last few weeks or months or however long feeling like you were going a bit crazy, right? Like you said to me that night in the car, you were crap at your job that you shouldn't be doing it. 
like imposter syndrome, right? Well, we all have that, but you're literally right. You're not going crazy, you are an imposter. You're actually the star of a huge and wildly unethical science experiment. Wow, you're right. I mean, it's really a sunny side up situation. And you're a month younger than you thought you were. Oh, yeah. I mean, your life expectancy is probably a, a fair bit shorter. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and your insides are probably... Oh, brilliant, thanks. Hey, who wants to live forever, right? Your new job isn't reassuring people about to go into hypersleep, is it? Sorry. That's uh, okay. <laughs> did you know a warren is the name for a rabbit's burrow? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I did know that, yeah. Ah, but did you know warren is also the name of Bucky O'Hare's home planet? <laughs> <laughs> Bucky O'Hare? Yeah, you know, the cartoon. <laughs> Bucky, Captain Bucky O'Hare, he goes where no ordinary rabbit would dare. <laughs> he had a friend that was a, a big gorilla with armor on. What was he called? Berserker? Oh, no, no. He was a, he was a berserker baboon. His name ah. was Bruiser. Uh, oh. He used to say, <laughs> I remember my mother, she recorded that for me off the TV when I was at school. She went through the opening credits, she's pausing it every few seconds so she could write down all the words to the song at the beginning. So when I got home, we could sing it together. That was nice of her. That really happened, didn't it? Yeah. Yes, of course. You're still going to be here when they wake me up? Yeah. I'll be here. Bit of a soft ending. They sit in silence for about three minutes. Warren eventually does a small fart, and Gordon realizes he's fallen asleep. Then the assistants come in to start the rapid cooling process. It's a better ending this way. Huh. You did have a flair for the melodramatic, Gordon. He did. Sorry. I can't quite get used to this, to... Hearing his voice like this. I can change it back to the default. No, no. It took long enough to get it this close. Just wish you were here. I am here. Oh, you know what I mean. Well, this is the best we can do. Yes, it is. Is everyone sorted upstairs? Yes. Hester just finished her round and is heading back to the house. Jacob is on four hourly observations, but I can take them. Could you try dialing it up a little? You haven't quite got his energy right. Well, yeah, I could talk a little bit more like this if you want. It just involves inserting around 30 to 50% more words than necessary into any given sentence and uh, simulating breathlessness, which admittedly is still not an easy thing for the program to do. It just feels counterintuitive to me. And if it feels counterintuitive to you, you might feel this is the best setup for you, just having sentences and everything to end. If this is what you like, then I'm delighted. More enthusiasm on unexpected words. What do you think? Do I just keep going on and on and on without actually 
actually saying anything, Mr. Soothing, to you? Because it seems like it'll be really stressful. No, no, Jesus, I take it back. He really was annoying. I think that's better for everyone, isn't it? Would you like some Amazon rainfall sounds to calm you down? No, thanks, Gordon. Okay. This is the right thing to do, isn't it? It was your idea. Oh, I've had a lot of ideas, Gordon. They all seem good at the time. You tell everyone that finds their way here that ultimately, all you can offer them is choice. Almost all of those people tell you that choice is all they ever wanted. Almost everyone? Roughly 65% of guests at Red Valley have said something involving a selection of terms based around the root concept of choice. It's not almost everyone, but I wanted to show support. <laughs> Thanks. If that is what you hope to offer, then there probably aren't many people who deserve to be given a choice more than him. Okay. Let's start. Everything is ready to execute. There's no need for you to be present after you give authorization. I know. It's just quieter down here. Thawing sequence initializing. 2200 hours. November 19, 2064. Mark. Godby. Warren. Mark. Authorization? Wood. Aubrey Jane. Wood. Aubrey Jane. Mark. Do you want to continue? Red Valley was written by Jonathan Williams and directed by Alan Mandel and Jonathan Williams. All recording, editing, music and sound design by Richard Campbell at Orpheus Studio London with Carol Pestridge as creative consultant. Performances by Jonathan Williams, Alan Mandel, Alexander Broad, May Cunningham and Tash Reith Banks. For more information and content, you can find us on social media at Red Valley Pod. If you like what you heard, please rate, review and subscribe. Thanks so much for listening. Fable and Folly Network, 
where fiction producers flourish. Night has fallen, the moon is full, and we're inviting you to listen to Canada by Night, a podcast where professional improvisers play Vampire the Masquerade. Detective-turned-vampire Everett Fry accidentally becomes the sheriff of New Haven, an experimental town where they're testing if vampires and humans can coexist. Stuck leading a ragtag group of officers, the Bruja bounty hunter Val, the gangrel news reporter Evangeline, and the Tremere blood witch Doris, can Everett keep the town running? Or will everyone end up liquidated by the Vampire Council of Canada? Trending on global fiction charts and produced by Dum Dums and Dice, whose podcast Dum Dums and Dragons ranked number two of all fiction podcasts in America. Listen now to find out why Canada by Night has been downloaded more than a half a million times. Canada by Night, its interview with the vampire, if it had all the characters from Parks and Rec in it. <laughs>